0: Guess what? What? We started recording. Oh,
1: great! <laughs> Thank you. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Welcome to. We didn't
0: introduce it last week. I realized.
1: No, we didn't. Mm-mm. We just jumped right in because we assume that our listeners are with us.
0: But we also, are we need to assume that we've got new people coming. Yeah, we too. should. You're right.
1: You're absolutely right. If this is for so, some well, reason. The very first episode that you've ever listened to of Millennial Poets Society. Welcome. This is Millennial Poets Society. (laughs) I'm Emily Klein. I'm Marguerite Virginia. And we're your co-hosts for this
0: little ditty. And in this podcast, we talk about our lives. We talk about some cool poets that we've found or that we've liked for a long time. We share some of their poetry and just
1: generally give you tidbits of knowledge and fun facts good old time. about our lives, their lives, how they maybe combine into one beautiful life. Who knows? It's, sure. Yeah. It's great. We do a lot of things here. Yep. <laughs> and uh, we're glad that you joined us.
0: Yes. Thank you. And we also have many episodes that we're going to start back up soon called Who's to Say. Uh, They are many episodes where we talk about uh, unpublished or self-published poets um, that have submitted their poetry to us and we want to share their words. So if you fall into that category or you know someone who does, uh, send your work or have them send their work to millennialpoetssociety at gmail.com. Uh, you can find that email address on um, in the show notes of this episode, or on our Instagram page, or on Facebook, um, all sorts of places. There's no excuse not to do it, so just go ahead and do it.
1: We love it when you do. Mm-hmm. Um, what's up? What's new? What's shaking? What's crack Well,
0: I just cracked open some kombucha. Okay. what's cracking and not... Uh, what was the other thing you said? Pop crack-a-lack. Crack-a-lack. I don't know. All right. It's not exploding, which is what I thought it was going to do. So uh-huh. that's always good. That is good. <laughs> that is good. Um, yeah. But other than that, just having a regular old Monday.
1: Yeah. It's yeah, a Monday.
0: I did the adult thing and got some yearly checkups in. So
1: good. Already good. set for 2020. Look, at right? you go.
0: Exactly. Hey,
1: first second episode of 2020 never yeah. mind
0: second one it's the second it's already going by so fast i know right oh my so god quickly. um uh i need a dentist though i don't have oh. a dentist in the city
1: i know I a great dentist not
0: gone to the dentist since we moved here
1: i know a good one if you need one
0: there is this dentist office that's been like advertised to me on instagram that <laughs> i kind of want to go to it oh, looks
1: oh my cute. god <laughs>
0: They know how to get me. <laughs> They're targeted ads. My FBI agent knows what ads I want to see. They
1: saw a picture of you and they were like, mm, girl, those teeth. It
0: looks so cute, though. It's called, um, what's it called? Tend?
1: Yeah, it's a cute place that I'm that's thinking i I think that's awesome. <laughs> what's up with you? How's um, your 2020 going so far? 2020 is a time and a half sort of year, I feel like. I've yeah. been to work a lot, and uh, it seems to follow me home a little more, but I love oh. it still, so it's good. It's just a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's good. I love it, and, and, and you know, um, lots of exciting opportunities in the future. Um, in a few weeks, I'm going to be performing in a cabaret, which is fun, and, uh, you know, it's a good way to get a little bit of another type of creativity Mm -hmm. into my lifestyle, so I love it. Very fun. Yeah. Awesome. Well, (laughs) (laughs) that's all I got for you today. Shall we get right into it then? I think so. All right. It is episode 39, 39. and I go first. You do. Okay. That is true. So I found a really cool poet for us this week. Um, Really cool being that she is a newer poet and um, that I'm going to be reading from her debut book that I received for Christmas.
0: I was going to say, it's one of the ones you got, right?
1: It is the one, one of the ones I got. I got Odes to Lithium, uh, Poems by Shira Ehrlichman, and um, there's just a lot of really cool things that I learned about her during my uh, research process, uh-huh. and I'm excited to talk about her. Yay. So... Um, Like I said, she's a new poet, Um, and I spotted her novel, Odes to Lithium, in our local bookstore, the Greenlight bookstore, and um, I personally love Greenlight. I think it's, like, Mm -hmm. one of my favorite bookstores ever, and so it's super cute. They do a lot of local stuff. Mm -hmm. They are not, like, a super chain or anything, like a franchise. They're really great. I think they have, like, three or four locations, maybe. Anyway... So I really like them, uh, found the book, that was exciting. Um, mm-hmm. Because she is a newer poet, there's not a ton of uh, stuff on her just yet, but um, I'm just going to read you her bio straight from her website because I think it does her justice. Awesome. In Hebrew, Shira means song and poem. Born in Israel, raised in Massachusetts, and now living in Brooklyn, Shira Ehrlichman is an author, visual artist, and musician. Her poems explore recovery of language, of home, of mind, and value the scattered wholeness of healing. I love that, scattered wholeness. Mm-hmm. Uh, she earned her BA at Hampshire College and has been awarded the James Merrill Fellowship by the Vermont Studio Center, the Visions of Wellbeing Focus Fellowship at Air Serenby uh, or Serenby. I don't remember how you pronounce that. I think that's down in Georgia. Mm. Um, as well as residency by the Malay Colony. Her work has been featured in BuzzFeed Reader, The Rumpus, PBS NewsHour Poetry Series, The Huffington Post, and The New York Times, among others. Awesome. Shira believes most suffering can be traced back to isolation, which is a very interesting Hmm. point of view. I never thought of it that way. She's obsessed with arts as a way to experience vitality and connection she is pro- uh, she's she is propelled by process presence and potential process presence potential <laughs> um, the mystery and transience of being alive fuel her expressions creativity has taught her that it not entirely that it's not entirely natural to confine oneself to a specific shape for too long. No matter what the medium, joy and growth can be found in reaching for your newest shape, your freer form. I like that. I think that's Mm -hmm. as, as people, as we grow, as we, as we decide who we are, you know, I think it's, it's fun to be able to look at it as something that it's like, This is who I am right now. This is who I am today in this hour. Um, There's no need to commit yourself to being only one thing or only one way for your whole life. I like that. And I like the way she said it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Continuing. Being diagnosed with bipolar disorder a decade ago fundamentally changed her life and wildly enough deepened her love of being here. Her poetry book, Odes to Lithium, centers around her experience with mental illness. Her picture book, Be slash Hold, uses compound words to illuminate the beauty of friendship and what is possible when we come together. She teaches... I love that idea. Mm -hmm. I like... Because it's behold, but it's be and hold. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really cute. I want to read it. Um... She teaches one-on-one poetry workshops to people all over the planet. She loves helping humans unlock possibility and fuse discipline with magic. She tours the country, sharing her work and facilitating workshops. Awesome. Um, Also, her new album, Subtle Creatures, is available now on all platforms. I haven't looked it up yet, but I think it's music. I was going
0: to ask if it was like a podcast album.
1: I think she probably wrote the lyrics and sang or played or something. Mm. Um, But check it out, Subtle Creatures. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some more fun facts about her. She is a three-time Pushcart Prize nominee, which is awesome, given that this is her very first book. Yeah. Uh, she lives in Brooklyn, like I said. Uh, but more importantly, she might be our actual neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, she lives in the exact same area, of Brooklyn, that we live in, and we've, you know, maybe taken the train with her hundreds yeah. of times. You never that know. Be really cool. Um, she talks about how much she loves the line that we're on and like mm-hmm. uh, the area that we're in. Um, we love it, too. Yeah, we love it, too. It's all very exciting. <laughs> um, she, she also loves a lot of the things that we love about the neighborhood, um, like being steps away from the park, the express train, um, the weird mix of being... Isolated from the hustle of the city, but still stepping, she says, stepping out of the apartment every day into a wild set with a million characters, smells, and that one boombox on that one crate, always there, always mm-hmm, blasting, mm-hmm. which I think is a very fun way to explain our our area. Yeah. Um, she did this really lovely interview with Brooklyn Press. I'm sorry, Brooklyn Poets, which I've been quoting from, and um, it's just a like, a celebration of her, her words, her neighborhood, um, what she did to get here, um, just kind of a celebration of all of that, and it feels, I don't know, it, it just, I was reading it and I was like, oh, you're explaining my home, mm-hmm. like, how fun, Yeah. Uh, so that was really cool, um, I think it'd be really fun if we, like, got to meet her or something, right. or, or yeah. had a, maybe even got to sit down and talk with her about mm-hmm. her poetry. Um, I'd love to hear her do a reading. Yeah. Um, In the same interview, Shira was also asked about what her perfect day would be. And I always think that that's the kind of question that you ask somebody and you like really get a sense for who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, So she said, walking around Brooklyn for most of the day, just taking in the world around me, Coney Island, ocean, ocean, ocean. My girlfriend, tarot bubble tea, a phone call or visit for my family, playing a show for a crowd that's in it to win it, or going into the studio and laying something new down. Ugly dogs and mint lemonade, laughing. Creativity and the people I love.
0: That's so sweet.
1: That's great. Yeah. It does sound, also Sounds sound like, like a, great day. a perfect day. Um, so yeah, so that is Shira, and I'm going to read... Um, I have two poems of hers picked out today, since I'm only doing the one poet, um, and since I'm really excited about this book, I'm yeah. going to read two. The first one is called Side Effects,
0: okay.
1: and um, I found it featured on Brooklyn Poets as part of that um, essay, or I'm sorry, it was part of that interview, but it's also in her debut novel, Odes mm-hmm. to Lithium, and it goes like this. The side effect of lithium is dehydration and peeing more frequently. The side effect of dehydration and peeing more frequently is not wanting to drink water at all because you pee more frequently. The side effect of not wanting to do is not doing. The side effect of not doing is a couch and 3 movies. The side effect of a couch and 3 movies is what have you been doing all day, with a raised eyebrow? The side effect of a raised eyebrow is a sigh. The side effect of a sigh is a plaque. The side effect of plaque is a dirt road but you're bikeless. The side effect of bikeless is an unrelenting heartbeat with a passion for waves. The side effect of a passion for waves is dream upon dream where every object is as blue as the sea. The side effect of overwhelmingly blue dreams is a girlfriend who listens. The side effect of this particular girlfriend is black soap that sits staining the side of the tub. The side effect of stains is her name in your cheek like a cool marble. The side effect of her name is your hands pulling chicken apart into a big bowl that she is also filling and every now and then she shakes, your, she shakes near your face a ligament so nasty you both squeal and it is good. The side effect of it is good is it is bad. The side effect of it is bad is crossing your legs in the psychiatrist's office talking about side effects. The side effects of side effects is living your life. The side effect of living your life is dying. The side effect of dying is being remembered. The side effect of being remembered is being held like a stone, but of course it is not a stone, but a bird that too will die. The side effect of a stone that is not a stone is throwing the stone and watching it fly. The side effect of flight is a poem.
0: Hmm. I loved
1: it. I thought it was, Hmm. Ah, I just have to like, let it sit with me for a second. It's, it's such a simple, but unique structure Mm -hmm. where it builds and builds and builds one on itself. Right. Um, And I just, I find it to be enchanting and mesmerizing and rippling. I just, I love it. Um, According to Shira, this poem came out in one sitting, whole, with very little editing, which is unlike a lot of her others, she says. Mm -hmm. Um, She speaks of the taboo side effects, saying, everything has its side effects, not just pills relationships, laziness, dreaming, an hour alone. Mm-hmm. This poem was an adventure in flipping the normal, read, ableist, conversation, should versus shouldn't, bad versus good. It was an investigation into the more of living where fullness and imperfection are prioritized. And I really felt that all in this poem. I felt the the dichotomy, the the... Struggle between um, what is tangible, what is real, what is accepted, what mm-hmm. isn't accepted. Um, there's also this set of parentheses in the poem um, a- around the majority of the poem. Actually, it the first one is right after the first line. The side effect of lithium, parenthesis, is the entire poem mm-hmm. until the side effect of flight. End parenthesis is a poem, so it can also be read. The side effect of lithium is a poem, mm-hmm. and what a beautiful thing to think um, when you're trying to uh, make sense of a diagnosis, of a medical regimen, of mm-hmm. whatever you know. Like, what a beautiful, just what a beautiful sentiment, and and how she was able to make so much sense out of all of this twisting and turning right. and the side effect of this, the side effect of that, like the repetitive motion of, of this poem. Um, it just really it gave way to something very simple and beautiful. Yeah. Um she says, uh, she says, I felt that um oh, I said this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I felt that what she's doing here is destigmatizing medication, um, which she does pretty much throughout the entire book. Um, And she's advocating for what makes the most sense for her Mm -hmm. and what allows her to be fully alive and not just surviving, which is something that is so hard to do nowadays Mm -hmm. that I find this poem to be incredibly strong. And it just, it really struck me when I read it. So I thought I'd share it. Awesome. Thank you. And the next poem is called Aftertaste, and its um, I don't have nearly as much to say about it because I haven't done as much research on it, but but I really liked it, so here you go. I wash you down with thick milk I bought today From a farmer with skin made orange-gray From the handling of ancient dirt whose eyes crinkle at their pretty corners when I drop my change into his palm. Old pennies, new dimes, flickering nickels, uncorroded bright weight of metal slipped easily as a dog's kiss lapped up in the hand. It's true. Everything on this brutal blue dot is constructed of elemental attraction, and I wash you down with a tall glass of the whitest white, Wash you down, soak the salt of your body in my salt, thinking sweetly, actually, of the side effect, metallic aftertaste. I know, right now, in a distant laboratory, you are being mixed with aluminum, copper, magnesium, cadmium to make planes, strong yet featherweight. They need you because you are famous for being the lightest of your cousins. It's because of you, Something heavy should fly.
0: Hmm. What was the name of
1: it? Aftertaste.
0: Huh.
1: Interesting. I um, I thought that was such a a beautiful spin. I wasn't anticipating the the ending. Yeah. Um. So, I have to remind myself as I'm reading all of these that she's talking to and about lithium, mm-hmm. the the drug, and I. It's just so interesting because it reads like a love poem. I mean, mm-hmm. it reads like something you would say to a loved one. Something like, you know, you you make the heavy things fly. Like that's mm-hmm. what a beautiful phrase. Yeah. What a compliment to give someone. Mm-hmm. And and how grateful she must feel to have something in her life that, yes, while making things incredibly complicated and. Filling her life with all these side effects mentioned in the previous poem right. um, gives her the ability to breathe and mm-hmm. walk through life. Yeah. And and how she just, she fills this poem with so much gratitude um, that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. And so I just, yeah, that's it. It's, I thought it was beautiful. And the, the rest of the book is just as good. It's so It's so moving, and I was up until, like, 2 a.m. last night reading it. I just, I love it. I thought it was beautiful. Wow. um, Awesome. That is Shira Ehrlichman, and I'm very happy to introduce you to her. Yeah. And I hope you read her stuff in the future.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm lucky because the book is now here in our apartment. Yes. So I need to borrow it.
1: Yes. I know where it is. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Cool. I'm not going to repeat that. (laughs) Uh, Awesome. Awesome. Cool. 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 Delilah. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, great. Uh,
0: Let's take a short break and be right back with my poets. Bye. Bye. Let's do this. All right. What do you got for me? (laughs) So I have two poets this week. Um, Both of them are also sort of more modern poets, so there wasn't a ton of information on either of them. Uh, But the first one that I'm going to read about or read to you about, read my notes to you about, (laughs) is Janet McNally. She is an author of um, novels as well as poems. Her two novels are called The Looking Glass and Girls in the Moon. Um, And she has a prize-winning collection of poems called Some Girls.
1: Mm, I've heard of her. Yeah? Yeah. I'm looking her up
0: It's a familiar name, yeah. Janet what? McNally. McNally. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. She earned her BA in English and Communication Studies at Canisius College and has an MFA from the University of Notre Dame. Hmm. Uh, Her poems and stories have been published widely in magazines, and she's a two-time fiction fellow with the New York Foundation for the Arts. Wow. She currently lives in Buffalo, New York. Shout out to Upstate, hey. <laughs> uh, with her husband and three girls um, in a, quote, uh, house full of records and books. Hmm. Um, she teaches writing at Canisius College and is a poet in residence at the Buffalo Seminary. She is also a volunteer home tutor at Journeys End Refugee Services. Wow. Her, from her Goodreads bio, uh, it says, Though her family is no rock and roll royalty, Janet McNally has always liked boys in bands. She <laughs> even married one. <laughs> I just thought that was a funny little note. That's uh, cute. And then from her professor profile on, uh, from Canisius College, it says, In addition to creative writing, her teaching interests include contemporary American fiction and poetry, American, American immigrant writers, rock and roll and literature, and contemporary retellings of myths and fairy tales.
1: Oh, you know how much I love contemporary retellings of myths and fairy tales. Oh, don't we all? I am so into Greek mythology being retold from different Uh, perspectives.
0: mm, Yes, we discussed this. Yes. (laughs) Um, And then just to try to add some extra details, there was this article from uh, a website called Gusto, and it's the article it's, Fashion Friday. Mm-hmm. Meet Janet McNally, poet and novelist. So it's like about her, but like her fashion interests. Cute, and everything, which cute. I to
1: bulk up your <laughs> to add <laughs> your <extra laughs> details. Love it.
0: Um, so fun fact: she loves jumpsuits. Uh,
1: <laughs> don't we all?
0: And uh, she tries to buy ethical clothing, saying nice. uh, saying it's supporting small makers who use the thoughtful and sustainable practices,
1: like Girlfriend Collective, mm-hmm.
0: sponsor us
1: or everlane
0: sponsor us and have better
1: sizes yeah and have better sizes everlane come on Uh, but girlfriend collective get on the bus
0: um she says it's more environment environmentally friendly uh i buy fewer better things slow fashion as people say it's knowing who made your clothes and whether they are paid a fair wage yes i'm buying things i hope to be wearing in 20 years It gets extra points if it looks like something that Katherine Hepburn would have (laughs) worn. So, that's some information on Janet McNally. Yes. And...
1: Ooh, she's wearing beautiful earrings in this picture.
0: Oh, are you looking at the website of the article? Uh Yeah. Doesn't she look so great? Those earrings
1: are gorgeous. Yeah,
0: her whole outfit. I love the wrap top. And the bag. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yes. Is that a wrap top or is that the jumpsuit?
0: No, she's not wearing a jumpsuit. It's pants and like a top and the top is like a wrap.
1: I love it. Mm Mm-hmm. She looks great.
0: Right? So... I found both of my poets this week. I just was like suddenly inspired to try to find, I thought it would be interesting to just type. I was on Poetry Foundation and I just said, typed in like science Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, I like science and it would (laughs) be cool to find some poets that have something to do with it, whether or not it's like sort of just literally mentioned once in the poem or what.
1: I found science. That's
0: how (laughs) I found both of my poets this week. And so the poem that I'm going to read of hers is called The Wicked One Goes to the Makeup Counter. Hmm. And it is from her collection, Some Girls. You can't argue beauty's not an accident. The particular heft and angle of a chromosome's spin. A tarted spangle, bright lanyard twist. The slip of cells waiting this boat uneven from stern to prow. were all skittery as marbles on a marble floor. Beauty stays, then goes. It fades, we say. Something about years and sun, the nights we slept in makeup and left mascara like ashes on a pillowcase. We burned through every one of our dreams. I wasn't always a stepmother, you know. There were whole years when I was a girl. But now, these ladies sell me moisturizer, stand close in their lab coats, pretending at science in a fog of perfume. They wield a contour brush and my cheekbone pops. The magic settles uneasy. It turns out fairy dust was always fake. And the lipsticks made from beetles, shells, crushed vermilion. My color is flesh pot, they say. It's folly or fixation. It's wilderness. It's artificial earth. They can't quite make themselves care. We'll taste it, they know, whatever we've been given. Mm. And I just thought that was really interesting like yeah. it's and it's such a common like the image of a makeup counter like everyone's even if you aren't interested in makeup like walking through a department store or whatever you always walk through the cosmetic section it's usually like right when you walk into the store it's the first thing you walk through Right. or it's like on, right on the first floor and you're walking through like the clouds of perfume and the ladies trying to like spray it right, on you right. or like girls, like following you trying to like put makeup on you and whatever right. so there's that like familiar sort of image that already evokes a lot because uh, yeah. everyone's experienced it in some way or another and then yeah just the idea of a woman who's sort of in sort of like middle-aged or whatever and looking thinking about makeup from this different perspective and uh thinking about like when she was a girl and um and where she's at now and sort of the The veil that makeup can... Or, like, how, like, when you get to a certain age or even... I mean, like, we're in our mid-20s and it's, like, I'm using eye creams and night serums and, like, all this stuff that they sell you because you want to keep your youthful glow and be beautiful and, like... Age is beautiful, bitch. (laughs) hello. So, I just thought it was a really interesting perspective and I loved the imagery that she... I loved that line that you reacted to the... uh, less mascara. mascara like ashes on the pillowcase yeah
1: i like never done that. <laughs> no i always take my makeup off before i go to bed i've never oh. not washed my face i do my 10 step moisturizing routine every night mm-hmm. with your jade roller yeah and-, and my my the little gloves with the with the exfoliation bumps mm-hmm. on them mm-hmm. and
0: exfoliation bumps you know,
1: you know you know but you knew what i meant <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, um also i love the line i was it er, like there were whole years where i was a teenager yeah yeah i wasn't was. always a stepmother you know
0: there were whole years when i was a girl yeah i yeah. loved that mm-hmm. like cuz we forget right cuz we can't remember we mm-hmm. can't i can't remember when i was Younger than 10. But it's also like, it's also, so she's a stepmother now, and those kids don't know her as anything else. Right. Like, they don't think of her as once being a girl. Right, right. And, yeah, it's so interesting. I mean, like, same thing as my mom. Like, I don't think of her as being a girl unless she brings it up. Right. So it's, like, it's interesting to think about that perspective, too, on both sides of, like, there's people who will never know you as a girl. Mm Mm-hmm. They only know you as the adult you. I know. Which well, is so. Well, the majority
1: weird. of people in our lives right now. Yeah. That didn't, that You not like know our family girl. No, I mean, I feel like I did because I've seen all the pictures. Well. <laughs> but that's, and like I know you now. And, right. And, but like that's also how I feel about my mom and my dad. Like I've uh-huh. seen all these pictures of them as kids. Yeah. And especially my mom because my grandma ha- keeps pictures of her as a baby and like a child yeah. all over. And, but there's
0: this whole chunk that you don't know about right? And that they
1: don't talk about. And I think about, <laughs> right, and I think about, like, I think about, like, her and her brother yeah. growing up. Uh-huh. And, like, I don't know anything about, like, because yeah. also I'm not, like, right, we don't live near her, my uncle and right. his family. Like, I don't, we don't, like, we're not always together. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard for me to picture them growing up together, right. like my sister and I did. Yeah. And they're only, I think, a year apart, like uh-huh. 18 months or something. Yeah. Like, my sister and I are so close that if I have kids or if she has kids, they will know what it's like, like what it was like for us to be grown up, like growing up together. And uh-huh. I just, I can't, I can't picture that. Mm-hmm. I can't picture either of them as children. Yeah. Other than the pictures that I have seen. Right. It's very yeah. odd.
0: Yeah. So... Yeah, this I I really liked that poem. Yeah. I thought that was
1: really cool. Um, wow, what a, I just like, I, the, you're you said something earlier that was like, whoa, you um, what people aren't gonna know us like people yeah. don't the, the majority There's of people, whole chunks
0: of our lives that people just don't know us.
1: They just they've never known they've us, never, and even if we talk about it, uh-huh. it's not the same as being there. As and a like, lot of the people that I did go through mm-hmm. those time periods with, I'm not friends with anyone. Well, and I was just
0: thinking that I'm very lucky that I still have friends. I'm so cl- like a big my group of friends. Elena, yeah. I've known since I was three years
1: old. I know. The I only don't chunk know-
0: that she doesn't know me for is the first three
1: years of my life. Like, and I don't, don't even know, know who <laughs> you are. I don't like you literally, like I have my sister. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's, I mean, that's enough. Like, that's <laughs> <all I> mean. <laughs> that's but, enough. but I mean, truly, I don't, yeah. I, the one friend that I knew at that age, Mm -hmm. I haven't seen her in years and we, you know, like we are friends on Facebook, but I don't know who these people are anymore. You know, Uh it's wild. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so insane. And it's not as shocking for me to think of like people not knowing me as an adult. Yeah. It's not nearly as weird for them to like have known me Uh to not know me now. But yeah. to know me now and not have known me yeah. then
0: is weird. Well, I mean, it's so... I think about sometimes it's so crazy. Like the people that you're meeting and like having a like a romantic relationship with, mm-hmm. like there's still things... I feel like there's still things that my mom and dad learn about each other's childhood right now. And they've yeah. been married for almost 40 years. Yeah. And that's just so baffling and kind of scary there's so I'm much like, to learn I'm about each know other you, I want to know everything <laughs> about this person and I'm not like even my parents don't know like you can never
1: crazy. know you everything can never know everything who is to fucking I mean, say like, you, it's it's fun to not know everything
0: because then you're learning because then things. you're like I'm never gonna
1: get sick of you because there's always something new to yeah, talk yeah, about but it's blah, also blah, blah. scary but I'm like what if there's
0: something that you're like
1: what the fuck did you have <laughs> a weird disease when you were a kid <laughs> Did you have a weird bull cut that I you need to kill see? kill a
0: person? Maybe did you did, Maybe. were you
1: were you a child serial killer? Oh my god. These are the things I need to know. And were you not tried because you weren't an adult? Like did you oh my you know god. like I was <laughs> Like really. Yeah. These no, are the yeah. questions. These are the questions. We're asking the tough questions here in this episode. Yeah. <sighs> well, now <laughs> All of my friends. Are you really my friend? If you don't know at least two things about me before in the years before we met, like, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: Like, <laughs> do you, the people that I keep close now, I feel like know about me like before I them know about your childhood. They or they at least they know things about even on my childhood. I know, like you were a liar. <laughs> I am a liar. You guys. <laughs> I lie all, I mean, I like, used to, I'm being, I'm getting better, but like, okay, listen, but for real, like it's people yeah. that are in my life that I've chosen as my friends and mm-hmm. that we've built relationship with. relationships with, I feel like it's impossible for me to feel close to somebody if they don't know me before I knew them, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I also feel the same way about when people tell me about their past too, yeah. like I want to know what you what I don't know what the name of your t-ball league was or like what did yeah. you have any embarrassing haircuts or no you've seen my embarrassing you know,
0: haircuts and my t-ball well, pictures right like, all in
1: one same I mean we all we all <laughs> went through a phase it's fine um we were really serious about sports for like a summer <laughs> and then we grew up and then we were like Oh, just kidding. Sucks. I want to go um not do this. Yeah. <laughs> do, anything do anything but this. this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh yeah. So that's just oh, that's like so, so many things to think about. Right? It's amazing. Insane.
0: Life is crazy. Wow. Um Moving on to my there second poet. Yes, you have a whole other poet to <laughs> I do. have a whole other poet, and his name is John Hodgen. Okay. And he uh, was, he, again, I don't have a lot of information on him. Um, literally, like, both of these people on the Poetry Foundation had, like, two sentences yeah. about them.
1: Yeah, a lot of new poets, and until it's they've been, crazy. like, written up or critiqued. It's yeah. like. But, like, he's. He's.
0: Been nominated for multiple Pushcart prizes and like mm. all this stuff, it's insane. Well, so
1: is she. She had uh, Shira had three Pushcart nominations. Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Most of what I have about him is just all of these awards that he's won or been nominated for. So it's really He special. won the AWP Donald Hall Prize for Poetry for "Grace" and the 2008 Chad Walsh Prize for Poetry from Beloit Poetry Journal. He is married and has two daughters. Also. My other person was married and had two daughters. Are Um, they married to each
1: other? I don't think so.
0: Okay. (laughs) He is a professor of English at Assumption College in... (laughs) in Worcester, Massachusetts? Yeah, Worcester. Worcester. It looks like
1: Worcester.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In Worcester, Massachusetts. (laughs) Uh, He is the author of In My Father's House, which was... What? What'd sorry, you
1: do? nothing. I thought she was under my chair, and I. I she's not.
0: she's not. She was right next oh to me. My God. So <laughs> she he <laughs> <laughs> he is the author of In My Father's House, which won the 1993 Blue Stern Award from Emporia State University.
1: In my father's house, there are many mansions, many rooms, not many mansions. I've it, it's a yeah, it's a Bible thing. Cool. Sorry. Great. Sorry, I had a flash, <laughs> <laughs> a Catholic flash, if you will. <laughs> a
0: Catholic yeah. flash. You've heard of a hot flash. It's a Catholic <laughs> flash. It's a
1: Catholic flash.
0: Um. So he won that thing for that collection. Cool. Uh, he also is the author of Bread Without a Sorrow, and which won the Balcones Poetry Prize uh, in 2002. He is also the winner of the 2005 Ruth Stone Poetry Prize for Hunger Mountain, uh, from Hunger Mountain, uh, in 2005, the Foley Poetry Prize from America Magazine, and the first, he won the first place prize in 2006, uh, the first place 2006 Press Award for Best Original Poetry from the Catholic Press Association.
1: Catholic, see?
0: Yeah. Well, and that's what, like, I thought that was so funny. I was like, he won a prize from the Catholic Press Association. Like, yeah. that's so random. Um... He has been named a finalist for the Boston Authors Club in 2007, uh, for the Boston Authors Club 2007 Julia Ward Howe Book Prize. These names are so long. Just (laughs) give
1: your award an easy name.
0: And he was a finalist for the 2007 Patterson Poetry Prize. He's the winner of the 2008 Chad Walsh Prize in Poetry from Beloit Poetry Review, and several of of his poems have been nominated for the Pushcart Prize. His most recent book was published in 2010 and it is called Heaven and Earth Holding Company.
1: Isn't I'm sensing funny? a theme.
0: Yeah, I think there's some which is funny because the poem I'm going to read is not biblical.
1: Okay. <laughs> but really like, like also it. his other book named Grace? Like No, I mean, that was part of the name of um No, he has a book named Grace.
0: Okay, then that was not part of the name of the award. I couldn't remember if... Because the very first award that I read...
1: Yeah. Yeah. I got when you were saying it that it was the name of the book. The way you said it made sense. It doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, but I didn't know if I was saying it right. But you were. Because you looked it up? Yeah. Okay.
1: Because <laughs> I was interested in this this Catholic flash I'm having. Okay? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so... The name of Tell the poem what. I'm going to read. Wait, there's one part. I want to look at this one part because there's words
1: that I like are weird to <laughs> there's, pronounce. There's words in this part and I need to look at them. <laughs> <laughs> there's words in this <laughs> part. Okay. he's selling out on Amazon. There's only one of his books left in stock. Mm. In My Father's House only has one copy left is what I mean. So... Okay.
0: The name of this poem is For the Man with the Erection Lasting More Than Four Hours.
1: Okay, good. <laughs> good. Yeah, Catholicism. It's from, <laughs> it's from
0: Poetry Magazine, their July, August 2009 um, edition. 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 Cool. I was going to say episode, and I'm like, that's not what that is. He's supposed to call his doctor, but for now, he's the May King with his own (laughs) Maypole. He's hallelujah. He's glory hole. The world has more women than he can shake a stick at. The world is his brick bat. No conscience to prick at. All of us Germans, he can ich lieb dich at. He's Dick and Jane. He's Citizen Kane. He's Bob Dole. He's Peter the Great. He's a czar. He's a clown car with an extra car. Funiculi, Funicula. He's an organ donor. He works pro boner. He's folder, folder roll. He's fiddlesticks. He's the light left on at Motel 6. He's free for alls. He's Viagra Falls. He's bangers and mash. He's boulder dash. He's a wanker. He's got his own anchor. He's a wackadoodle. King can doodle. He's a pirate. Long John Silver walking his own plank. He has science to thank. He's in like Flynn, he's Gunga Din, holding his breath, cock of the walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He's Icarus, Hickory Dickory, the mouse run up the clock. He's shock and awe, he's Arkansas. He's the package, the deal, the good housekeeping seal. He's Johnson and Johnson, he's a god now, <laughs> the talk of the town. He's got no place to go but down. Yes, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so I just thought that was a really funny poem, and it talks about science like, literally, both of
1: these mm-hmm.
0: mention the word science. Yeah, and that's how I found them. But I love it so much. That is and so funny. I just thought it was so fucking funny. They couldn't
1: be more different. <laughs> he works pro boner. I love, He's Viagra Falls. I love it. <laughs> like, He's Johnson and Johnson. Are you kidding yeah. me? <laughs> like, it's so funny. That's hilarious. So that was just a fun little poem. Well done, Not John. Much to well sort of done. Like break
0: down from it. But yeah, That's great. And, and I thought it was so funny, also, like, all the Catholic sort of references, and he won an award from the Catholic Press Association, and then... You were like, really? Reading his poem. <laughs> yeah, because, like, I read his poem, for I found the poem first, and then was, like, reading about him, so I was like, oh my god, this is so funny, and then I was like, wait a minute, dude, like, wh- what... What year is it from? This is 2009? Him, like, this is from, yeah, 2009.
1: Okay, so In My Father's House was written in 2012, uh-huh. and Grace was written... Oh, Grace was written in 2006. Okay, never mind. I was in like... My
0: Father's House won the 1993 Blueston Award. It was,
1: sorry, reprinted. Oh, okay. okay. I was like, that wasn't published in 2012. Um, so never mind. <laughs> I thought maybe he was... Well, Start I mean, maybe... Well, maybe he, like, got... Maybe he had this streak... Yeah, got all these awards and then was like, all right, now I have your money. I can now write what I attention. really want. <laughs> right, I can write what I really want. Yeah. Which is amazing. Mm-hmm. I I love it. I Like how he shared it was just like he's a wanker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got his own anchor. Mm, that's funny. And the rhymes are really clever right? and funny and
0: Mhm. That's yeah. really cool. He's Icarus. Hickory Dickerus. <laughs> the mouse run up the clock.
1: I like that he's a pirate walking his own plank or uh-huh, whatever it was. huh.
0: funny. Yeah. yeah. Cool.
1: Okay, fun. <laughs>
0: Just so funny and fun. And that's John Hodgkin.
1: We'll leave you with that <laughs> to think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. Okay, well that's all the poets we have for you today um, mm-hmm. as always we want to give a special shout out to Zach Adkins for our intro and outro music thank you so much thank you thank you and uh, we would like to remind you that at the bottom of the show notes of this episode you will see a link are you opening your mail? <laughs> no did you think you could get away with that? <laughs> wait two seconds <laughs> She's like, I'm done. <laughs> like, okay. Anyway, my job here is done. I don't know what She's you want. Like, from I've said my part. <laughs> you can go now. Um. Anyway, yeah. So there's a link, and if you click it, it'll let you donate to us all of your Christmas money. Christmas money. Those bonuses that you didn't really think you were gonna get, right? or that you like. Don't have any plan for yet. We know what to do with them, and you know what to do with it. You want to donate to Goodbye. us,
0: <laughs> but
1: seriously, ninety nine cents a month is a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful gift to us. And um, you know, you can do it for as many months as you want. It could be a one time thing. It could be a for the rest of your life thing. Year <laughs> thing. It could be whatever. Small. I mean, literally. Giving us a dollar is a dollar closer to getting us things like a producer for our show, mm-hmm. a um, a room or a studio that's soundproofed and and, and you
0: don't hear sirens. You don't hear by in the middle of our poems or our neighbors opening their door.
1: Um, and just you know, it get it lets us make this podcast what you want it to be and so we're very grateful for those who have helped us out in the past and we thank you for those who will continue to do so in the future mm-hmm. um, and as always give us a little rate and review wherever you listened, listened <laughs> this podcast, especially Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Google or anywhere else really but mm-hmm. Apple Podcasts really helps us out get us those good ratings and you know Five stars if you want, and subscribe—all mm-hmm. those good things, you know. So uh, we're thankful for all of our listeners, and we will see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. I'm gonna go open my mail.